0: All right, so check this out. This is a story of someone I knew and had cut ties with because he was a psycho. The first half will be to add context as to why I cut him off. And the second half is what makes it a let's not meet story. I don't know if he uses Reddit, so I'll omit ages and locations. It started about four years ago, when I was living in a friend's house while attending a nearby university. It was myself, my friend, his sister, and their parents. Roughly about two weeks into staying there, my friend's sister invited her boyfriend to live in the house too, and by all accounts, he was a pretty cool guy at first. Very sociable and full of great stories. We often sat around the table for drinks or talked about life having a smoke in the garden. Within the first month, however, as he started to get more comfortable, cracks started to show in this veneer. He would rant about government conspiracy, how he was always a wrong to party, and he was big into Sigma male bullshit and martial arts and Christ, did he have a temper. He had this big dog that he always kept in a cage that was extremely violent when he wasn't around. The dog attacked his girlfriend and had to be put down. That's when the guilt trips toward her began and the ranting became more incessant. About two months later, he had the bright idea to live in a shipping container, mainly because the parents wanted him out, and dragged his girlfriend along for the ride. I'm not talking about one of those chic little restoration jobs either. This was a rented container in a storage yard among the outskirts of the town that we were living in. He would intimidate and threaten the staff there constantly until they called the police. This of course was another conspiracy. He became increasingly abusive to his girlfriend to the point where the family got involved to get her out of there. I stuck close to them, having pretend to be on his side until we could safely get her out. They broke up, which he blamed me for, claiming I was poisoning her against him to make her mine. She has a new partner now and they're happy. We all blocked the Psycho X on everything possible, but he continued to harass them until eventually he disappeared. Or so we thought. Fast forward to last year, I started to receive messages over social media from several different accounts, blocking each one in turn when I discovered who it was. Some friendly and some hostile. One of these profiles, however, was pretending to be someone I knew from university. We talked about life and how things were going. Eventually, I was invited to a house party, claiming it was a free house and plenty of people were coming. I booked the time off from work, made my travel plans, and kept talking to this friend coming up to the date of the party. I mentioned it to my friend's sister, and she was interested in going herself until I mentioned the address, and she panicked. The address in question was a property belonging to the crazy ex's father that was scheduled for sale. I waited until the day of the party and called the police to check the property claiming a suspected break-in. They found five people there, including the ex. Parked out the front was a butcher's van equipped for food storage and a collection of knives, hammers, and rope. I'm so glad I didn't go I've been a long-time reader of this subreddit, so it's honestly kind of surreal that I now find myself writing about an experience that I had very recently. It was a Friday night, and I had gone to bed early as I work on Saturday morning. After reading in bed for a bit, I drifted off at around 10.30, only to wake up about an hour later to loud screams and people yelling profanities. I thought my girlfriend was watching a movie with the volume up and I went out into the lounge room to ask her to turn it down a little, but the TV was off and my girlfriend was staring at the front door with her eyes wide. Our apartment is on the ground floor of the building and so our front door opens directly out into the lobby of the building. The voices in question were coming directly from the lobby, I couldn't make out specifics I mean, in my defense, I was half asleep, and the language of the country I live in is not my first. But there was a lot of swearing involved. My first thought was that it was some kind of domestic dispute, but after listening, I realized it was a group of men that sounded extremely aggressive. I looked at the WhatsApp chat for my apartment building, and to my horror, I saw a message from one of the people in it that there were armed men in the building and that we should not leave our flats. The country I live in is experiencing a marked uptick in crime, and I had heard stories of armed groups of men robbing entire apartment blocks, but these had seemed fairly apocryphal to me. However, that was my first thought, that these men would kick down our door and rob us. One of my dogs started to growl at the commotion outside. I shushed him, and thankfully he obeyed. I heard a commotion in the apartment above me and went out to my patio to see what was happening. I heard what sounded like a large piece of furniture being knocked over and women and children screaming in terror. At this point, I had no idea what was going on, but I knew that by now they would have robbed us already if that's what they had actually planned to do. My girlfriend and I decided to hide in a small shed at the end of our patio monitoring the group chat on our phones. Our bigger dog silently stood watch outside the door of the shed, his eyes locked on the sliding door at the end of the patio. I would find my smaller dog later, cowering between the washing machine and the dryer. After about 10 extremely tense minutes, I heard the screeching of tires, signaling what I hoped was the perpetrators fleeing the scene. Eventually, someone in the group chat said that the police had arrived and breathing a huge sigh of relief, I came out of hiding and opened the front door. Alarmingly, on the floor of the lobby, there were zip ties that had been cut and the security guard was talking to one of the tenants. The man was bleeding from a large gash on his face and looked extremely shaken. Over the next few hours, the story would unfold. The man I saw, with the gash on his face, was the tenant in the upstairs apartment, the one that I had heard the commotion coming from. He was the owner of an import-export business and, for whatever reason, had a sizable sum of money in cash hidden in his apartment. Someone had obviously found out about it and planned out the robbery that woke me from my sleep that Friday night. A group of eight men had followed him into the apartment building's garage and ambushed him as he got out of his car, and judging from the gash on his face, also roughed him up a bit. Some of the group of eights had gone to the lobby, surprised the security guard, and zip-tied him. The remainder of the group had gone up to the apartment, robbed it, and then fled the scene. It's extremely chilling to think that armed men... to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line my parents divorced in 2006. i was 17 when they split right before their 18 year anniversary it was a long time coming my dad sustained a head injury four years prior so his drinking and drug use went from a lot to a cyclone of crazy. So my mom risked it and left. Dad left and we remained in the same house that we had moved to from our small town to a small city near our state's capital. It was weird, but the first month he was gone, we had a peace that we never knew we could have. And I remember feeling actually free for the first time in my life up until that point. My dad had to be supervised by state police when he collected his stuff as he was violent and threatened to kill me on several occasions. He never cleared out the basement, but left garbage, so my mom, myself, and some friends that hung out at the time helped the cleanup effort, and we ended getting overall 200 bucks in return from all the beer cans. My friends and I got different furniture, instruments stereos and a fridge to put in soda and beers as we took over the garage in the basement my friends and i discovered my dad had been growing weed in the basement as he left all of his plants and equipment behind at the time that was illegal in our state my mom has a job where she could get fired and lose her license as well My friends and I didn't want to get involved with selling any of it and we honestly were just interested in having fun on our own terms. We liked to drink, but beyond that we never got into anything else. So we threw it all out. My dad had told us he got everything and that was it and I would never have to interact with him. Really, he gave me up during the family court stuff, or so we thought. Our house is on a hill and borders the actual city, which has alleyway access, which led to the small backyard. The basement access was outside only and was kept with a padlock, and the door itself was pretty sturdy. The house was next to a diner and a storage garage, so everything closed after 5 p.m., and there were other houses on the street as well, and there's a main drag that connects you to a small highway. I don't remember when it started, but I recall my dad would call our house nightly, drunk, and accuse my mom of cheating, as he was already living with another woman at this time as well. He would call crying and just belligerent some nights. Then we started having people prowl around the house. It started very subtly till my special needs sister started seeing a ski-masked man at her window. I often would chase someone away with a bat some nights, alone by myself or watching my sister, as my mom had to work multiple jobs. I started working as well. I would often wait up most nights and just patrol, making sure everyone was safe, and most nights it was nothing. I developed a good layer of trauma from all of this and a caffeine addiction as I was always on alert. I had suspected a few of my dad's friends especially since they were very interested in the basement i'm also not a small person i'd given up playing football and had trained to play for a d1 school so i was still fresh from all of that and was still very young and strong one night in particular uh, lost my spot One night, in particular, I remember being awoken by my bedroom window being tampered with. I looked and saw a man in a ski mask trying to open my window with a large hunting knife in his mouth. I snuck down to the floor and crawled out of my room and into the living room. I grabbed a Louisville slugger I kept by the front door. I got my shoes and jacket on as it was winter. I snuck outside and confronted the man who I recognized as one of my dad's friends. He started talking crap and making fun of me as I warned him that he needed to leave or I would hurt him. He took a swing at me with a knife and I pulled back and cracked him on his shoulder as hard as I could and I heard bones break. I watched his shoulder move in an unnatural way as he fell down in the snow. I got on top of him and started punching him over and over, taking the ski mask off too. My mom came out and our neighbors came as well as he stopped moving and was unconscious. It took my mom and five others to pull me off of him and even they had a hard time. As we waited for the cops, he came to and managed to get up as he tried to run but was having a hard time. A car came by and he hopped in as it took off before we could stop him. This was before ring doorbells and most people just had security systems. We all gave our story and the cops took his knife and that was it. Things were quiet for a while before it started again that summer and I had cornered that same guy in the dark in the small yard out back. He yelled out that he wanted his equipment from the basement and I told him we tossed it before he charged at me. I picked up a large brick that we had piled back there and tossed it overhand at him and hit him in the same place that I did months prior and I heard those same bones break again. This time, I sat on him as he kicked and screamed. My mom called the cops and they came and actually arrested him. They told me that I broke his collarbone and that he wanted to press charges. Nothing ever came of it, and after which the whole situation ended up blowing over, and it all stopped. My dad admitted he was involved and wasn't sorry that he pitted these men against his kids and ex-wife, which has altered my relationship with him. I saw that man during the pandemic as our city had a lot of public gatherings and such, And while I'm not the same person I was, I was still happy to see him have a level of healthy fear when he saw me. Also, another one of the guys involved I had run into as well at some event last year was very cautious around me and referenced that he didn't want me to do what I did to his friend. It felt good to know that as someone who doesn't get violent, that people exist out there who have a healthy fear to never mess with my family or to try to break into my home because there are consequences. I grew up in the 90s, born in the late 80s. I remember getting my first bike and starting to explore the area in which I grew up in upstate New York. Where I grew up is much different now than it was in the 90s. It was more rural with clusters of neighborhoods here and there. I lived near an old capped landfill and the main road connected a lot of semis down to some factories in a neighboring town that was like a five minute bike ride. We also had an old Baptist church that was founded by an eccentric former hippie who was really good to the community my dad who was a very serious drinker loved to fish hunt stuff like that he did that with his friend because it gave him an excuse to drink and to kill something but he ended up making this deal with this pastor and the gentleman who owned the pond behind the church to stock it with fish as at the time my dad and his friends started becoming serious competitive fishers and went in on a boat, which my dad had to sell his share to eventually keep drinking. So my friends and I had permission to fish there in the summer and we would go down and swim and all that. I lived easily less than five minutes from this pond and my friends and I go out there one summer day. This was about 1995. My friend had heard on the news a week prior about a wave of kidnappings I don't remember if Amber Alerts were a thing back then, so she decided to make a code word with me. She came to me and told me if anyone ever tried to convince me that they knew my mom or my dad in the hopes of getting me into their car to ask them for a code word. Ours was Pickles. Though so fast forward to our fishing trips, my friend leaves before me and we sat around and actually just swam more than anything. My friend Dennis got mad because he was serious about fishing so he and his brother left and I was alone on the road as the road once you got past this farm was a straight shot to the main part of town and our road was on the right just before the road ended. So I get to my road and am about to turn around and I notice I was being followed by a beige colored pickup with this Cletus looking guy from the Simpsons in it. He greets me and tells me that my mom and dad are waiting for us at this local restaurant, which I knew. He tells me that they asked him to come get me and to meet them there so that we can all have dinner together. Immediately, I thought of what my mom said and I started getting this evil feeling like I was in danger. That's why I told them that my parents specifically have a password and they gave it to their friends. And if that was their friend, well, he would have to tell me what the password is. And at that point, he got mad and started swearing at me. Although I didn't see one, I was certain he had a gun and he was started to fumble with something in the truck. I turned and started pedaling down my road, screaming for help and that I was in danger. He jerked his truck to follow, but I was making too much noise and was already on my way to my house. He just took off. When I got home, my mom was home and I was hysterical and asked her why she would ask such a mean friend to pick me up, and I told her what happened. She didn't believe me. She calmed me down and told me that I did the right thing, but I could tell she had a hard time believing me still. She also grew up in the same town and nothing like that ever happened to her. A few days later, a friend of hers tells her a similar story about her son in another part of our town. The police then were involved and the cops came and talked to me and I gave them the same description of the man, the truck and what had happened and so on. I don't know if the guy was ever caught. I used to be very bitter at my mom for not believing me but I now understand the confusion that she had and instead of reacting, she just tried to console me and keep an eye on everything. My dad, on the other hand, was more vigilant about it and would ask me all the time when he'd take me out if someone looked like that guy or if the truck looked like the same one that I saw. I hope no other kids were harmed by him. In my country, the government decided to push free professional classes to anyone who's either benefiting from welfare or just unemployed. I, a 30-year-old female, decided to enroll in one of those classes before moving to another state next year just to have something more on my CV and to have an excuse to touch some grass since I'm unemployed. Then I specifically picked a social media marketing and management formation that started three months ago. Everything was great about it, and it seemed to me all my classmates and professors were great people. I even started to make some friends. I must point out that no one in my class is underage, the youngest being 21 and the oldest 56. After a couple weeks of classes, they introduced us to the main curriculum of the whole course that'll involve a months-long group project among the students. The project consists of inventing a brand from the ground up and market it on social media as if it's a real thing about to launch on the market. I was super excited about this and couldn't wait to face the challenge. They picked the groups at random and the RNG gods chose me to be paired with the 56 year old woman, we'll call her M, that barely spoke to anyone up until that point. Thinking she was nothing but a nice lady, I tried to accommodate her for any preferences that she'd have on the project, such as choosing what the topic would be about. She immediately starts telling me half of her life story just out of nowhere, and focused particularly about a skin issue that she had and claimed the doctors only made worse, and how she cured herself with herbs and essential oils. After that, she picked the name, idea for the logo, and motto without asking me. For an opinion, saying it felt important to her and that since I had no experience with this niche, I should learn from her. She insisted so much I had to comply, and that's when hell started for me. She would call and message me on WhatsApp constantly, insisting to see me work in real time on the designs, logos, mock-ups, and etc., because she needed to supervise my actions. Her excuse being, I'm a little girl that hasn't known the world yet. She never liked any of my works and forced me to redo things over and over again. It's in one of those calls that she starts telling me some of the most unhinged things I've ever heard in my life. The first incident, the biggest one, happened last month. On a weekend evening where instead of slaving away for her, I went out with my mom to visit some friends and be back home the next morning. I forgot my phone at home and realized too late, but since Em and I hadn't agreed to work that night, I thought nothing of it. Oh man, was I naive. The phone was blown up with messages and phone calls, all from Em except a couple of messages from another classmate of mine that told me she called him obsessively with demands of him showing up at my front door to make sure that I was okay. Later that week, I get called into the school admin because M apparently had called them too and told them that I had gone missing for three to four days. I tried in vain to keep it together and just burst into tears in front of the secretaries, telling and showing them all this woman was putting me through explaining my boundary-setting issues, and they decided to immediately inform the professors and find a solution that would have allowed me to not have any more contacts with her. But before they could take any action, me and M are informed one more student was going to join our group. We'll call him T. Nothing much to say about him. He's super nice and did help out that following week by not complying to M's demands and unreasonable standards, insisting that I take time off to do my own things too. For some reason, she never bitched about decisions T made. In my last call with M and T, M goes on another unhinged rant. This one will be relevant later and it's what makes this whole story messed up on multiple levels. Two days later, we get informed that I was swapped from M's group to another one. I will say that, finally, I'm working with the girl I made friends with and we're having a lot of good fun. So, well, I thought it was over. No more of M's weird stuff, right? Right? The calls and messages from her never ended. Actually... She started obsessively calling the school and the professors as well to protest about the decision of removing me from her group. At this point, I stopped responding almost entirely to her and screenshotting everything that she was sending me. This leads us to the third and last incident, at least so far. That happened last week. I can't go too much into detail because it involves geopolitical beliefs and. I don't wanna warn the comments, but the short, clean version of events is, M in class asked the professor a question that involved a very important global matter. He replied and then asked us about our opinion. Two people spoke before I did, giving examples of people or brands getting canceled for sharing political stances unwisely and how a problematic or controversial history or presence on social media might impact negatively one's chances of employment. It was only once I was back home that I realized M had sent me several rage-filled texts claiming I was incredibly rude to have answered to her instead of letting the professor answer and that she was expecting an apology. I wrote a long text to her explaining myself. I told her that I would not apologize since I'd done nothing wrong and finally, I blocked her number. Since then, she's been missing all classes, which is nice because I didn't really want her to try and confront me in person. But it's what I've learned today from one of my classmates during break that left me horrified and pushed me to write this post. One of my classmates, we'll call her Y, told me, M, and her had been exchanging texts from time to time mostly because Y took pity on M thinking like I did at first, she was just some weird old lonely lady. In one batch of texts, she goes into detail about her husband that had passed away from cancer a few years back. Some of the texts read, we fought tooth and nail. We didn't bend over to men nor God, but they took him away from me anyway. I was so close to keeping him with me At least I know he trusted and followed me until the end. These are verbatim, because after putting two and two together, me and Y, we figured she's either delusional and lying about everything, or she tried to cure her husband from cancer with her ointment instead of traditional medicine, effectively killing him. Also, we found out she's already selling her services inside of an SPA belonging to a relative of hers, using the name she picked for our project. She's also been using my work for her personal social media pages that involve her services, which explains why she was so obsessive about supervising my work. She was basically getting free commissions from me. Today was my last day of class before the Christmas holidays, and after that, it's just gonna be the three more months until classes are over. I don't know where the story will lead me to any further, but honestly, I hope she never shows up to class again. This submitter includes an update that says, I don't even know where to begin. I'll have to leave out some details because she went too far with one of my classmates, but all I can say is that her actions affected a minor and M has been reported to the police by the person in question. But it seems the police haven't taken the situation seriously, despite being pretty damn serious. She apparently isn't new to this kind of behavior either, since she's had multiple convictions in her life before and some restraining orders against her. But in my country, those are barely ever enforced.